Bad at Parties is sponsored by Abbey Art Seattle and the Ballard Homestead, music, arts, and community events for people of all ages and incomes. With reoccurring events including the Moth Story Slam, Cathedrals, and The Round, there's always an event when you're in Seattle. Check out Abbey Art's online calendar for intimate performances by many of the artists featured on Bad at Parties. Learn more about this nonprofit organization and how you can attend, volunteer, and host events at fremontabbey.org. Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Season 2 of Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of the party. The first guest of the season is someone that I've known for over a decade, musician and music educator Erica Yule. Erica and I grew up and went to high school together in the same small town, a small town where I was one of many white males, and she was one of very, very few black females. Having Erica on the show was great and a total excuse to get to see someone that I haven't reconnected with in years. Erica is currently working with Bellingham Arts Academy for Youth, or BAY, and Bellingham Girls Rock Camp, which is part of the Girls Rock Camp Alliance. As a quick plug for that, if you know someone who is a female youth that rocks, or if you yourself are a female who is looking to get involved with what Erica talks about on the show, either as a student or as a leader, check out girlsrockalliance.org or for the Bellingham location specifically, bgrc.org. Those are some quick links, but you can find them on the info on this podcast, so check those out. This was a super fun conversation, and I am so thankful to have the podcast up and running again. So let's do this. Erica Yule. Just you didn't kidding. have to just reinforce it, Erica. Oh my gosh. No, this is fun. I'm so glad that you get to be here and do the podcast. I know. Thank you for asking me to do it. I was so excited. And I'm just ex- I'm excited to see you and to meet your wife. Right? Your have wife? Because you're married. Have you not met her? No, I've never oh, met Heather's her. Heather's great. You're going to like her. Good. I'm Unless you don't. That'd be surprising. <laughs> well, yeah. It'd be a bummer. She might suck. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know later. <laughs> no, I was thinking about I was like, so I haven't done the podcast in like about three months like I took a season off and I was desperate to start but like still nervous yeah I was just like I want to hang out with Erica I just like want to get together and catch up like I would do that anyways yeah absolutely that's so great it is so great so this is the podcast this is basically just it we just get to chat we just get to chat it's so good so you (laughs) went to the Sam today yeah, we did. It was really fun. Mm. It's, it's pay by donation day, so you know, just like five bucks each, and then yeah. get to see a bunch of really cool art. Or nothing. Or yeah, but like or twenty. Who does that? Right. Like no, I, I just don't think I'll be paying. Today. No, this is free. <laughs> These guys are okay. Yeah. They did all right art. Yeah. Yeah. Decent. Decent art. Pollock, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> drips. Oh my gosh. I went to. So when I was in New York over the winter, I went to the, um, the Met. Yeah. Yeah, for like the first time. It was so cool. I had never been, like, right? I'm actually totally blanking. That's the museum in New York. I'm saying that. And then I'm like, hey, is that right? What That's what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Cool. This is a big part of the podcast is I get to be wrong publicly. <laughs> and I just don't know how to correct you. So no. if you are wrong, it's fine. That's perfect. No, it was crazy getting to see like a Pollock there that was just like, 
a good distance of walking to get from one side to the other. Yeah. Or dancing, as he would have done it. Right. It. Yeah. <laughs> and you posted that picture of the beer stat that was the... It's like that big piece that has, like... Um, it's the one you posted on your Instagram. Oh, of the big, like, wave and stuff? Yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, Town? Yeah, so during, like, college, I think I was doing a arts history class. Yeah. And that was easily, I was just like, I love this piece. I love everything that he's done. Yeah, it was just beautiful. So cool. Yeah, yeah. there was a, a ton of cool stuff. I mean, it's just huge there, too, and two mm-hmm. whole levels. And the second story, they, they had, um, like, an African Renaissance thing, so talking mm. about, like, modern African art, which was a really cool thing. Like, mm. I feel like people don't talk about that as as much as you do like ancient African art or ancient Egyptian art and that's right. sort of what we think about but it's like no there's still people there and they're making really cool things right. and we should also talk about that that's super cool yeah. the last time yeah the last time I saw an African art piece there it was like a combination classic and modern stuff where they were doing like okay here is like headdresses and things like that and then how like people are actively and modernly like making these as part of like a fashion movement yeah was it was really, really it was weird to see like those like wood carved masks and stuff on mm. mannequins that were wearing like Modern clothes and like chucks. Right. Like, what? Super That's, cool. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, really cool. And then, but oh, I mean, tons of different cultures. And there's like this whole like porcelain room with just, it's crazy. There's yeah. amazing stuff there. It was really fun. Mm. So, yeah, good day so far. That's great. Is there, are there any museums up in Bellingham? Yeah, there's like the Whatcom County Museum. Okay. We, I live like blocks from it and have cool. never been. So, I should go. Right. <laughs> I, I was going to be like, is it cool? I don't know. I'm sure it is. It's a toss-up. <laughs> yeah. No. You... I think it's a lot of, like, native art, too, which cool. is awesome. I just, you know, when you live in a place, you don't do the touristy things. It's so true. So, I've never been to the Space Needle, and I've lived here for, like, like 10 years. It's it's nice. <laughs> it's a needle. You go up, and it's like, oh, yeah, Seattle, it I live there. It slowly moves around. Yeah. I hear. I don't it know. It does. I assume. There's, like, a restaurant up there that you can still right. sit and you revolve around. But it's like, you know, when you have people from out of town for, like, Christmas or whatever, it's like, oh, we're going to do that. I always think about the restaurant in, like, locations and how shitty it would be to be a restaurant worker in those locations. Like Oh, like it, tourist traps? Yeah, tourist oh, yeah. trap, like, restaurant workers. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like, I have to go up the goddamn elevator <laughs> to bring... Like, oh, we got a shipment of fish. Go right. down the elevator, oh, yeah. ride the elevator with all the fish, and then you have to serve all these fish, and then, oh, we forgot something, and you have to ride the I elevator. I doubt it's the actual, like, well, the kitchen is up there. It's not like they yeah. have to go down for every plate. No, they don't have to go down for plates. That'd be ridiculous. But they're having to go down for, like, oh, we got a, in the morning, they got, yeah, like, I an influx. Like, oh, we're serving local. We're serving fresh things. Right. They got to pick them up. True. Yeah, someone's, that would be, someone's that's the, somebody's job. Someone's doing that. I'm glad it's not my job. Future ghosts out there listening right now, that's their job and they're going to write in. It's going to be great. Cool. Cool. Good for them. Yeah. You've been in Bellingham for a bit, though. Yeah. I just finished, well, kind of finished up my degree, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I start, I do my student teaching in the fall and that's when I'm like officially done. But as of this spring, um, as of like last week, I'm done with classes, mm. which is the best feeling in the world to just not have to go sit in a classroom ever again. You're, you're legally the smartest person in this room. Yo, yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> It's legally, a, it, yes. Legally, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know, like practically, probably not. Like my degrees are in performance and music, so like, mm-hmm. I mean, we could argue it. Is the master's in... I don't have a master's. Oh, it's I have, not a master's. I have two bachelor's degrees. Oh, you have two bachelor's. Yeah, I tried to get... I know, it's stupid. You're a double bachelor. I, yeah. Get at me, I guess. <laughs> if you go uh, on the bachelorette, or the bachelor... Which I'm the is most the one, qualified. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> I get to count for two. You get to, you have to give me two roses right. every time. That would actually be bad. <laughs> That's You'd how be that less show works, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I've never seen it, so oh. I guess 
Me either. Oh. <laughs> totally. Yeah, never seen it. Haven't watched it that much. But yeah, I, I went to Western to get my... Well, I applied to Western as a post-bac, because okay. I, I got my degree at uh, AMDA, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Where I visited you yeah. in California. Yeah, yep. a long time ago. A Whoa. long time ago. Um, yeah, so I have a degree in musical theater performance from there, and then graduated and was living in Los Angeles and l- hating it, and then <laughs> I was like, well, I should, I should go back to school. I started teaching voice lessons... Um, on the side at like Santa, Santa Monica Community College just mm-hmm. to students and to my friends and was like, oh, I, I like this. I think I could be good at this. I, sure. I want to pursue this. So then applied to Western for their music education program as a post-bac mm. and was accepted and then got an email that was like, so we've accepted you, but upon like further looking through your things, turns out that your credits don't transfer. What? So you can come here and we'd love to have you, but like you're starting from scratch. So I had to like go through the whole program again Dude. as like a brand new freshman at like starting at 22, which is fine. Like, you know, the four year degree is a myth. Yeah. But it's also crazy. it was like, Ugh. okay, well, I guess I'll just start over. Dude, that's so ridiculous. It's kind of one of those moments where I hear things like that. And I'm just like, man, colleges are such a business. They're just like, oh, completely. Yeah. Oh, is it transferable? Do we have, meaning, do we have a relationship with this other university? Yeah. No, Pretty much. Then, no. okay, then uh, you have to pay us more money. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, which, fortunately, I'm in a position where, like, I could do that. Yeah. Like, I'm very lucky to be able to do that. But, um, yeah, that was that was just the whole journey. And now I'm, I'm here. You did Four it. years later. Yeah, because you just did your recital, right? Yeah. Oh, which, man. Yeah, that was... Whew, it's over. I'm done. I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> I think that the main reason I... One of, like... A, a truly, and not a joke, true deciding factor to move from, like, a music degree to, like, I'm going to do music therapy. Although, like, I was like, this is something I want to go into yeah. at the time. Like, looking back, a big part of it was like, I don't have to do a recital. <laughs> well, they were going to make me, but I talked my way out yeah. of it. And I was like, you don't, you shouldn't have to do that if you're doing this. Yeah. And I was making the degree. So the like, catch okay. is, I didn't have to do one either. <laughs> you wanted to. But it's like, well, because if you're a performance major, it's yeah. required. But for ed majors, it's, um, you, you don't have to. Um, but I studied this thing for yeah. four years. Like I studied like classical voice of for four you'd years. Want to it. Like I and for lessons you pay out of pocket. Like that's not a class that you like register through no. the university. Like that's something that I had to like go out of my way to do. That is also required, but I also had to. It's stupid. Sure. Um, so I got to the end of it and was just like, well, I like know all this stuff and I feel like I'm good at it. Yeah. Like, I should share There's it. There's a great stage. <laughs> I've got an audience of friends yeah. and people I know around here. So I I went out of my way to do it, and it, I regretted that a lot during the process <laughs> of like the weeks leading up to it. Yeah. Like, why am I doing this oh, for man. fun? Like, for no. Fun. Um, but then it happened and it was beautiful and wonderful and there's so many people there that, mm. you know, support, I mean, like Mr. Ford and, and Lois oh, came really? and, um, you know, a bunch of my old teachers. Oh, and directors. Just, That's I so know, great. I know. So sweet. Um, but yeah, and students came and, uh, you know, all the, all bunch of good people. So mm. it was worth it, but oh my gosh, it was so stressful. That's so, okay. So I, a big thing that I often think about, uh, and I don't see a lot of people doing this is you were paying out of pocket for those music lessons yeah. when you're doing that. And obviously you've developed this relationship with this vocal coach and with, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you going to continue that relationship with them or is that something? No, probably not because, well, I'm student teaching in the fall, so mm-hmm. I won't be in Bellingham to take lessons from her. Her name is Katie Weld, um, Catherine Weld. Catherine Weld. Um, she's an accomplished mezzo-soprano. Mm-hmm. Um, she really is. Right. This is, uh, none of these <laughs> things are jokes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I won't be at Western, which is where she teaches. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, she does work in Seattle every so often. And so she's told me, you know, Wait, are you gonna moving like, to Seattle? Well, I'm soon teaching at Garfield. Oh, that's so tight. Yeah. I'm, Don't commute that. That's no, a, that's, that's a not. shitty commute. I'm actually going to be living in my aunt's RV. Dude. Yeah. Just actually just up the street from here. Really? In Ballard. Yeah. My oh here. my gosh. That's so great. Yeah. So, cause she just has like a one bedroom, like she lived in Ballard before it was like Ballard. That's great. So she has a small, like one bedroom house and like a couch that I could stand. But she's like, if you want to just like live in the RV and mm-hmm. come inside to like shower and eat. Yep. And that's if anybody fine. listening to this podcast was like, <laughs> oh man, there's, this is actually a very massive, strong, very muscular person <laughs> who's going to be living in this. Like, yeah, yeah, just be afraid of them. You yeah. never want to fuck with that RV. Don't. Just don't even. It's just in some random alley. <laughs> right. Of course, who's going to do that? Who's going to, like, walk up to the RV and be like, I bet that's that girl. I bet that's that, 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 that lady. Let's not even oh, put no, the idea out RV. So, such the wrong RV. Right. So, yeah. that's going to be me for, from September through, like, early December cool. for fall quarter. Um, that's great. Yeah. Dude, Garfield doing, rules. It does rule. I'm so excited. I'm doing so Doing the music excited. program at Garfield. I know. Oh. Which is, I mean, it's... I'm kind of shocked that I'm, like, allowed to do that. Right. Like, who, how am I qualified for this? Yeah. Um, but I am, and I literally just, like, I asked to go there. Like, yep. that's how you get into places. You just say, hey, can Dude, I? And then is, sometimes people say yes. That is 100% the realest shit in the world. <laughs> that is true for, like, any job, any opportunity is, yeah. like, just, like, being, like, ask and ask well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I went out of my way, too, to, like, form a kind of a relationship with a teacher. Her mm-hmm. name's Carol. Um, before I started over winter break last year, I went and visited four schools that I was interested in potentially student teaching at mm. in Seattle and, and, um, like the Tacoma Renton areas, um, because there are brown people in those areas and yep. not in Bellingham. So, and that's like a big deal for me as far as where Dude. I want to end up. Absolutely. Um, so I, yeah, and Garfield was one of them. And so I spent a day at each school over the course of four days and just shadowed the teacher for a day and sat in on their classes mm-hmm. and got to know them a little bit. And, um, luckily that was when a lot of them were doing their like holiday concerts. And so I went to, I think three of out of the four were having concerts that week. So I went to their shows and got to see their carts perform, which is really cool. And then from there just picked through, cause we get to choose, we get to write down three requests on our, um, like student teaching application form. Yep. And of the three, Garfield was my first choice and I, I got it. Dude, so. That's so great. And it's, I mean, absolutely to say, like, I want to be where there are other people of color. Like, that's important (laughs) to me. And so, just so important to, like, have that and be like, look, here's a person who is a role model. Here's a person who is, like, kicking ass in this space that I can actually look up to. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think a a philosophy of a lot of teachers, myself included, is that you, you want to be the person that you needed when you were a kid. Absolutely. Um, and I, I believe that really, truly and deeply. And I never have had that. Like I have, I mean, we went to the same schools pretty much. We yep. have, like, <laughs> there was no, nobody. Like, there, I, what are you talking about? <laughs> there were plenty of people that looked like me. I have no idea yeah, what you're like referencing you. here. <laughs> but I, yeah, I never had a black teacher until I went to Amda sure. and I had, that was one, one teacher for one semester and she left halfway through to go teach somewhere else. So Gosh. like not, I've never really had a black teacher before. Um, which is crazy, but yeah, I think it really hit me when I was working in, I work, um, for a nonprofit called EduArts in, mm-hmm. in Bellingham mm-hmm. where we take, um, like arts education into like after school programs in elementary school. So I teach a, an after school drama class 
And then uh, I used to teach a before school choir class. Cool. And there's a, a school called Columbia Elementary School. And when you walk in, you turn to the right, and then there's like a staff photo. Hmm. And it's just like a sea of white faces. <laughs> and in the choir class, there was one black girl named Lulu. And I just like, and we just hit it off. Like, she, totally. we just became friends because obviously we did. And she's like, oh, I can, I can do this. Yeah. Like, if nobody represents you in the thing you're trying to do, like, you have no, like... How do you have proof oh, yeah, that I, you can do yeah. it? Yeah. And yeah. so it just, yeah, that's when it hit me that, like, I might be, other than, like, her mom or dad or, you know, other figures in her, like, immediate personal life, like, I might be the only, like, person of color that she sees in a position of power, like, in sure. her daily life. And I see her once a week mm-hmm. for an hour. So, like, that should change. Yep. I want to be a part of changing that. So, yeah, it's really important to me to get to where that there are people who look like me and who can benefit from, like, my specific presence. Because there are a lot of good teachers out there who can do the job and do it well. But, like, I think my presence in a classroom has a specific function that needs to be in schools where there are kids like me. I think that's so true, especially, like, when you're working in something like music, to then, like, have the moment where you say... It's not just the music that is the art. It's how I'm living this yeah. life and how I'm representing myself. Like, all of this is the art form where it is we're making statements. We're, we're like, creating opportunity. We are showing this concept through daily life. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah, especially with music. And, I mean, especially with kids who are listening to music listening to artists who are represent them every single mm-hmm. day but may not be able to put into words, like, why it is they like that music or mm-hmm. why it affects them or why they feel connected to it um yeah I want to like get into that shit like let's talk about it why do you like it yeah. <laughs> like, why are we listening to this what well, does it mean where does it's it come such from a, such an exciting time to be having those conversations where it's like we are like right now in a culture it's just shitty it's just a lot <laughs> of a lot of really obvious very clear unhidden like oh a lot of people have really racist perspectives yeah. a lot of people are being very vocal with those perspectives and not that those perspectives weren't there before. Right. It's just now it's that It's okay they're... to just yell it now. <laughs> yep. Now it's okay to, to yell that and to, to take that platform. Um, clearly, it's not okay to take that platform. Definitely don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Super lame. Instead, change your mind. Think about it differently. Yeah. But I, I think that that's so important to say, like, great, I'm going to have that voice. Um, I think a, a big piece of that is also, like, coming out of Bellingham, where I'm, you know, you and I both have that small town experience. Yeah. And Bellingham is like a, like a very small city. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a big stepping town. stone from yeah. Arlington to Bellingham then to Seattle. Like, we're technically a city, but, like, yeah. we're not. Right. It's got a college. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those. Right. Like, where people mention it, that it has a college yeah. a bunch. <laughs> no, 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 it has a college. Yeah. Technically, okay. we have, like, two. Yeah. So. Ooh, Ooh. I didn't even know. <laughs> oh, I'm getting a three from the BF in the back. Oh, whoops. <laughs> What's the third one? Bellingham Technical. Oh, right, yeah. It's... Technically. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> Bellingham technical. You knew. You yeah. knew where the joke went. Yeah. Um, no, but like going from a place where you're in this small environment, and I think that there is a lot of false belief that that people want to say like, oh, small towns, places like that, that's where the racism is. Move to the city because that's where there's no racism. Yeah. And it's just... <laughs> Not true. Yeah, there's just more people, so it's easier to, like, hide it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you get your little clubs, and you get yeah. your, like, tiny little isolates. No, it's from. there. Well, and not even so much, like, overt racism. Like, never have I felt, like, attacked on Western's campus. But, like, true. it's it's more of, like, a, a subtle and 
you just feel isolated. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you, there's, there's no representation. There's no, I have to go out of my way to like find people who are like me. Yeah. And it's, I was thinking about this the other day, like, I mean, we're both people of color, but like when we see other people of color in the community, like there's just like a, an agreed upon like nod to right. each other. Like you have like acknowledge each other in the street. Like it's like motorcycles. White, white people would be exhausted <laughs> if they had to nod at every other oh white person they saw. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It would just be it's, never ending. Right. But like <laughs> every time I pass them, it's like oh, or like you know we have to compliment each other's hair or something. Like there sure. has to be some kind of interaction as far as like. I see you, you see me, like, okay, mm-hmm. we're in this together, and it sucks, but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I like Bellingham. It's been great going to school there, but, like, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that's true. You just hit places <laughs> in your life where you're like, this, was, this is done. Yeah. It's time to move. Yeah. So, when do you move out this way? Um... Well, we, Jaden and I, now that we've acknowledged that he's here, I feel like I have to keep acknowledging that he's here. <laughs> I uh, refuse to acknowledge that he's here. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking we, about. <laughs> we are moving together, like, now. We're like, sort of in limbo right now. Um, uh, we're doing the, we're calling the great apartment rotation. So I'm mm. moving down. He and Things I are moving. titles. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Um, but we're moving, so I live by myself in a one bedroom. We're moving together downstairs into a two bedroom. The people who live in that are moving upstairs into a two bedroom. And then the couple who lives down there are moving down into my place. So there's a rotation happening. (laughs) So my stuff had to come out first so that she could move down so that they could move up so that now we can move down. So this is the two weeks where my stuff is just gone Mm. and I'm waiting for the downstairs to be open so that we can move. You look very put together. Thank you. Look, You look lovely. <laughs> Thank you. I think that, like, most of the time when I've been in that, like, we are actively moving, that's the, how do I know that I'm actively moving? Because I look terrible. <laughs> because I shower, I, I'm one of those people who I don't shower for one day, and everyone's like, hey, Ooh. you didn't shower. You, you feeling okay? <laughs> you doing all right? You look sick. You ever been tested for diseases? Oh, my God. Like, it's not a good thing. <laughs> Like, I cannot pull that off. Well, here I am, you here know. You are. Had to look good for the podcast. Right. Because so many people are watching. Bad news, non-visual medium. Oh. Um, <laughs> super true. Uh, well, sorry. At least, at least we all know here. Cool. So you've been... Okay, I want to get back to what you were doing in Bellingham yeah. with, the, with the different community events, that, groups that you were talking about. Yeah. I know that you were doing... Bellingham Arts Academy for Youth. Yeah. That one that you were involved with. And I think you're doing that this summer. I am doing that this summer. Yeah. I've been working with them. Well, I started, so I mentioned EduArts earlier, and I actually got involved with Bay through EduArts. They're like sister programs. I was just really happy that you said that's Bay, because that's (laughs) how I keep on thinking. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's Bay. Why do you love it? You know, that's Bay. That's Bay. No, I mention it, like, I will mention Bay casually in conversation. People are like, are you talking about Jade? <laughs> no, I mean Clearly the place not. that I work. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I saw, I was working as a host at Anthony's Seafood Restaurant. Oh, and nice. it was not, it was horrible. No. Um, <laughs> My sister, Katie, she also worked there. Yeah. She did that, the one in um, Everett. Uh-huh. The, one, the, the southern one. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's. Where I worked there, and that's all I need to say about that. Yeah. Um, and one day I saw a Craigslist ad for they needed a after school drama instructor at mm-hmm. this thing called Eduards, and I was like, I this like I, they had a website that looked pretty legit. I was like, okay, this seems like it could sure. be a thing. I think I'm qualified for it. Like, yeah. I have a degree in theater, dude. I should be. I could. I could teach kindergartners how to act. Hundred <laughs> percent. Whatever. <laughs> sure. So I applied for it and got it, and so I started teaching um, a third through fifth grade drama class that had like. Four kids in it. It Tight. was really small and really awful. Mm. Um, 
just because like what do you do with four kids for like you can't play drama games with four kids for an hour challenge accepted yeah and <laughs> I was totally I did it and it was yeah. you know we we put on a show it was fine yeah. um and then so that and then I was um a volunteer assistant for who used to be the CEO of Bay um as his like assistant for his before school choir cool. class at a different mm-hmm. elementary school and so in doing that I kind of got to know him, and he said, well, we're putting on a production. We're doing our first ever Bay Pro production, which is the 16 to 18 age group yes. of Les Mis, and we need a stage manager. Would you mm. come do that for us? And I said, okay, like, sounds good. That's so tight. It was so tight. It was um, totally crazy and dysfunctional and insane and, you know, the mm. arts and the youth theater and all that, and they have a very specific culture there that I was just sort of thrown into, mm. um, but... You know, the kids are awesome. And that's what ultimately ended up really mattering to me and <clears throat> what has kept me there. Um, so I started doing that. I was stage manager for that and then was kind of kept on as like assistant musical director slash stage manager for a few things um, into the spring and over the summer. Over the summer, they let me um, direct my own vocal jazz camp, which was really cool. So cool. Yeah. We yeah, I, I saw that. That's, yeah. Did you like initiate like I'm I have all of this experience in vocal jazz. Yeah, I want to do this. Pretty much. Well. I had made that kind of known, and then Damien, who's like our office manager, um, mm-hmm. just said, hey, we have like extra room this week. We don't have any camps going on. Do, mm-hmm. you, do you have something you would want to do? And I was like, yes, I do. Make <laughs> friends with people who work at the desk. Yes. That is how you make yep, shit happen. Exactly. Make friends with people who work at the desk. Yeah, yeah and when he was doing his own thing too, and that's the cool thing about Bay is that everybody, even on the office side of things, like of the people who work in the office, um, Damien runs a swing camp, like swing dancing camp, and sure. his girlfriend, Juliet, also works in the office, and she um, she tap dances and choreographs and does all kinds of stuff and so everybody there is a performer in some mm-hmm. sense whether or not that's what they do at Bay right um, which is just really cool to like get to sort of put my feelers out into all that whole community mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I got to do a week long jazz camp where we just like crash course learned five songs in five days and mm. put them on and it just like standards and yeah, yeah just, fun. just you know simple arrangements of like mm-hmm. SSA stuff and it was really cool and then um, this year I got my like my big my big break um, to music direct. I got my big break. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like um, to direct music direct School of Rock, which was just the coolest. Yes, thing. this is the one that I saw like tons and tons yeah, of posts about. Yeah, because I it. just am obs- I was obsessed with it. I That's still so am. Fun. I miss it. Well, and I thought that was so cool because I was I know that that was musical theater, but at the same yeah. time you did that, and then you also did the rock camp. Yeah, I do girls rock camp as yeah. well. And I got to bring the two groups together yeah. to collaborate, which is the coolest thing ever. Um, so yeah, Bay put on School of Rock the Musical, which is like Andrew Lloyd Webber adapted right. the Jack Black movie. Yep. Um, and it's actually like a really good adaptation. Like mm-hmm. it's very, cool. you know, silly, kitschy musical theater. Sure. But, but you don't need to be Jack Black to pull it off. Right. right. I mean, you can be a 12 year old boy named Ethan and pull it off. <laughs> Shout out to Ethan. <laughs> Freaking love Ethan. Future goes there, Ethan. You got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was the coolest thing ever. And then we had, so it's, you know, the onstage band is like, was my friends in the music department. So we had, I brought in my friends, Johnny and a bunch of guys and, um, who all played their instruments. And then they Mm. mentored students in the cast who, who play those instruments in the show. Mm. So like they did one-on-one lessons the weeks like leading up to, yeah, it was so cool. That's so cool. (laughs) Because (laughs) that's literally like you're taking the show and and making it happen in real life. It was Uh, the coolest thing ever. So they got to like form relationships with the kids and, you know, teach them their instrument. And the thing that was the coolest thing to me was that, Three of the kids, uh, one of the drummers and both of the girls who played basses went out and, like, bought their instruments to, like, continue learning afterward, Dude. which, like, yes. 
<laughs> like no one has to come to the show. That's the point. I know the point exactly. Is that. <laughs> like dreams coming true. That's so good. It was awesome. Yeah. So, but the kids that the instruments were playing on stage were donated by Bellingham Girls Rock Camp, which I have been working with for the last four years, and is also just like you know a huge part of my life and yeah. my heart. So it was really cool to like see you know my work and also my volunteer passion. Yeah, yeah passion absolutely. come together and. You know, everybody got to meet each other, and Morgan got to like come to see the show. Morgan runs Girls Rock Camp, and right. and like see the stuff being put to such great use. And I'm hoping that we can like get those because we serve so many of the same kids. Like a lot of the kids who do right. shows at Bay also do Girls Rock Camp, and sure. so you know why aren't we collaborating? Right, and that's one of the hard things about living in a community like that. I could imagine uh, is that everything. If you are constantly like we're a college town, we're a college yeah. town, is that things are very geared towards that audience, or yeah. and I can imagine that being a youth in a in a setting like that can be really like, well, do I try to grow up a yeah. bunch so I'm into this stuff, or like, do I just kind of isolate, or or how do I engage in in this community in this environment? Yeah, yeah. and Bay is a a great outlet for that too. I mean, we serve kids from like the, the Pixies age group. We have uh, mini Pixies and mega Pixies, so it's like five to eight. And Haircut then, required. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I know it's five to seven and then like eight to nine mm. is the picture's age and then juniors is nine to 12 and then seniors is 13 to 16 and then pro is older. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, yeah, we serve a huge range of kids and it, we like every level of show, it's all different and it's all very silly mm-hmm. and fun and, and you kind of have to be down with the like DIY mentality to work at Bay. Like we kind of throw things together and sure. cardboard props are very much just accepted. And that's so, I think that that's so important. So I used to run a, a camp as well that was mm-hmm. over at the EMP. It was like a music therapy, oh, improvisational cool. music therapy camp for kids on the autism spectrum. Oh, wow, and that's it, awesome. It was super, super fun. But a big part of it was that with not only like the methodology that we're doing, but also kind of being like that we had volunteers from the university mm-hmm. coming out and being all the one-on-ones for that they would run a bunch of it and I would give them morning of like, or the night before, like right the night before I'd be like, here is everything that you're doing tomorrow. Like you're in charge of this thing. We did like some boot camp stuff, but it was very much like a, I want you to figure out how to like pull this out of your ass. Because (laughs) that's the point of this. Like you, you should be able to do this kind of on the fly. Like, of course you want to be able to prepare and that's an important skill. But I think like, being able to just trust yourself to be like, I got this. I can, I can figure this out. Yeah. Even if it kind of sucks, like whatever. I mean, I get really caught up in the like, ah, what if it does suck? Like, <laughs> it is going to suck. And, oh my God. Like oh, I get really nervous thinking about parents. Like, Oh, right. like parents are going to want their money back. And like their kid, it's just embarrassing or whatever, right. but it, it never is like, it always mm-hmm. turns out fine. And, and the bottom line is like kids are up on stage doing stuff that they're proud of right and they're having fun and they're learning and they're being creative and like that's what matters whether or not their lines are memorized or whether or not their costume fits right or whatever like obviously yeah we want those things to happen and to be great but like it doesn't yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and you're going to in a in like performance environment you're going to fail you're going to fall really hard on your face at some point yeah like i there are so many times where i wish i had done that in a controlled environment where I had actually done it in a not controlled environment. I'm like, oh, this is in front of people. This is really public and embarrassing. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Oh, man. When we were... When we were in, uh, over in Arlington, like, elementary... Or maybe this was, like, high school is what I was... I was involved in some, like, tiny little play where, like, the director was 
underneath a table that had a, ta- a tablecloth and was like, <laughs> uh, people in the audience or people in, on the stage would be like, every now and then they'd be like, line, and he would give it to them. Like, performance. No one came to it. Oh, and wow. Then, like, they canceled one of the shows. Like, it was the most fall apart show I've ever Ooh. been in before. It was absolutely awful. But I think you have to be in things like that to yeah. understand, like, this is what happens when you, like, when you aren't prepared and when you don't put put in the work and make it happen. Oh, put the fear in you. Be like, <laughs> yeah. you, you hate this. Yeah, this, is, this should be embarrassing. This should be really uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. because this could happen again. Yeah. You're in control of it. But not. then hopefully you learn and it doesn't yeah. happen again. Right? Yeah. Did I feel like you're probably one of those people who's not had a lot of like public failures like that. No... You're right. <laughs> You're a preparer. I am a preparer. I'm an over-preparer. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's annoying, and I wish that I wasn't, you know, anxiety and stress. It, I mean, it, it gets to me. Like, I really do. Like, I, I over-prepare to the point where it's, like, it's it's obnoxious. But right. I also, I do well at things, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop doing it. Totally. I mean, and that's what, a, a lot of the time, that's the evolutionary trait of anxiety, you I know, can't. is the, like... Oh, if you're not anxious, then you're complacent, and then all of a sudden it's winter and you die. Yeah. Like, but instead, we... I feel that deeply. I feel that deeply. Oh my god, I'm such an anxious person, especially when it comes to, like, my own art. Like, this podcast, like, leading up to just jumping back into it, I was just, like, thinking through every conversation. I was like, no, Andy, stop thinking about the conversations. Just be present. Just have a conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's the way to do it. It's it's so easy to just like though get in your own head and and it's tough because you're like this is a big part of why I'm successful is yeah. because I'm an anxious person because I overthink these things, yeah. but it also just makes day to day life a little bit painful. Yeah, like even just leading up to my recital, I think just thinking back to like just the anxiety, like I I literally had to like take sleeping pills like the week leading up to it because mm. I just would lay in bed just like. What, how, oh, what's the absolutely. third word in the third verse of that song? I don't know it. I'm going to pass out on stage. Oh, like. absolutely. And then that moment when you wake up because you've been dreaming the thing <laughs> yeah. you're afraid of and you have to go about doing that shit all day long. <laughs> what's that? It's horrible. Fucking brains. Why? <laughs> and like why? I feel like so many people who live like this get involved in the arts. Yes. And why do we do that? to ourselves like how Mm -hmm. nice would it be to just have a job where like you go in and you just you know what you're in for it's pretty Mm -hmm. much the you know same shit different day type thing where like no real surprises and if there is it's something that you can handle Mm -hmm. like i would like that sounds awesome but also i would hate it right well and i see so many people right now it like especially in like the arts communities i think this is easier in a city to be able to say like i've got a part-time job or something right. like that and that creates stability i mean it's seattle mm-hmm. the rent is crazy expensive you have to have something reinforcing and then you have the ability to say great and now it's the night and i work on my thing yeah like having that and feel like you are able to balance that i think is such a beautiful point to get to where you find that yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and that's a huge reason of like why i didn't pursue performance as a career after mm-hmm. i graduated from amda just in that like your job is always ending. So, like, once you get past wow. the yeah. anxiety of, like, I have to audition for jobs and I may not get a lot of them and there's going to be a lot of rejection and that kind of thing, once you finally land one, it's a limited contract. Absolutely. Like, you're, you are, eventually, the show's going to end mm-hmm. and then you have to just do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And as much as I do love performing and I love staying and acting and all of it, it's, I would, I, if I could just do it consistently, absolutely. Right. 
but like that consistency is not guaranteed. And that was a huge, mm-hmm. just like, uh, that sounds miserable to me. Yeah. So at least with teaching, not even at least with teaching, now that I've found teaching, I, I can't imagine doing anything else. Like I totally. love it so much, but, um, I think one of the big perks for me is that it is consistent and yeah. it is a set number of hours and days. And I, and then I get summer breaks where summer theater is a thing and you know, I can absolutely work with musicians and, you know, do fun, silly music projects and things like that on the side. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fine. And I get yeah. to fulfill that creative outlet, you know, as a hobby and not something that I have to like depend on to live. Absolutely. <laughs> that's just too much pressure. Right. It's, it's tough. I think it can be really tough, like hitting the point where you're like, my art form is also my form of income a hundred percent. And I, I found so much joy and peace in being like, no, my art form, I actually have actively said like any money that is made from this goes into just back into the art form. Like yeah. it doesn't, it's not something I spend on myself. It's not something that I spend on anything that I'm doing personally. Like I won't even buy drinks with it because it's like, no, this is meant to go back into this to just further perpetuate this idea. That's a really cool way to look yeah. at it. I like it, that a lot. Well, and it's so like, all it is is bonus. Yeah. None of it is requirement. Right. So if I make nothing, great. I have lost nothing. Right. I got to do the thing I wanted to do. And it was good and now it's over and mm-hmm. yeah. And coming to terms with that too, like the fact that things do end and that you have to like move on with that and that it's if you have a second source of income and stability in that other sense, then it's okay to yeah. kind of let things go because I think that's a part of like, you know, post show depression and things like that. Mm are very real or like Mm -hmm. when you're with a group of people all day every day rehearsing something or even with a band or whatever like when that's over you it's if it's a the central part of your life it becomes there's just a big big hole there sure and it's hard to move on from that but when you have something else to fall back on what was i you get to kind of just let it go yeah it must have been a documentary i'm totally blanking on the name of it i'm totally not going to remember it anyways they were talking about this concept where like we see so many more people in this day and age mm-hmm. than like vast generations before us did. And we work, we, our lives change so much more than so many generations before us did. Like this is a very unique thing where you're changing jobs yeah, multiple times in your life. Like even just a couple generations just, ago, you are a like, woodworker and are, that is what you do. <laughs> in fact, it might even become your last name. <laughs> yeah. What are you blacksmith? Name Smith. You don't like Smith? Black. Also good. Both well. are good last names. <laughs> the, aw. Aww. Oh. No, and and it's so wild to just like have this moment where you're like, oh, I can I can do these things, I can have diversity in my life, and yeah. we are constantly striving for next we're constantly striving for future goals. Yeah. But that is causing a lot of pain. I know like we just in the band that I'm in, we just, over this little break of, of time in the podcast, we released an album and it was so exciting. Yeah. And then the first thing I, my therapist said when like we were hanging out, he's like, hey, how are you feeling now that it's out? And I was like, good. And he's <laughs> and like, are you really? Are you feeling kind of like Christmas is over? And I was like, yeah. I mean, he didn't say that because that's a super leading question, but that's where we got to yeah. <laughs> in the conversation is just like hitting this point where you're like, yeah, I love accomplishing these things, but I know that when they're done it's going to be painful. Yeah, they're done. They're done. (laughs) Like you're done with school. Yeah. And there has to be a pain that comes with that. Yeah, it is a little weird. I mean, I, 
I kind of just throw myself into perpetual busyness because I have learned to anticipate that. Yeah. So transition times are really difficult for me in that like sure. when something ends before something else begins, I just kind of find myself like, well, I have nothing to do. I guess I'll just sit here mm -hmm. <laughs> and be and, miserable. And hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I've learned to kind of combat that and anticipate it and know like, okay, this is coming up. You're not going to have anything going on. How are you going to deal with that? Mm. Are you going to pick up a book? Are you going to, you know, find some other new artistic outlet? You got to do something because yeah. it's not okay to just sit and be sad for mm. 10 days. <laughs> Within that, do you feel like you're able to, it, it's, I'm digging into this a little bit. Yeah. You, those are kind of like distraction actions. Do you feel like you're at the same time able to say like, but I'm still engaging with Erica and I'm still able to like reflect on self and, and be conscious or is it kind of more like I'm going to disassociate? A little bit of both. I mean, I think, yeah, it is, it is a distracted distraction. It's like a purposeful distraction. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm very aware of what I'm sure. doing. Um, but I would rather do that than just you know, have to like stew in it, you mm -hmm. know? So I don't know if that answers your question. No, I think that. that that's, I think that that's totally true. And like kind of a, yeah, I'm actively distracting <laughs> is what it feels yeah. like. And, and I think that that's real. I think that that's what a lot of people in this community do. And then want to feel like, am I being mindful? Am I being like able to connect with myself? But that can be such a painful thing to be mm -hmm. still and meditative and like, yeah, aware I'm of your body. Oh. <laughs> oh no, I'm terrible. This is me like asking these questions because I'm like, did you what figure did you, it what out? Because <laughs> I didn't figure it out. Wow. Yeah, and it's also hard to because you want to like talk to people about like I just did this amazing thing and it's yeah. so, but like people who aren't a part of it, they don't really get it I, in a sense, yeah. which is like really. And then you just feel like, well, I did this amazing show and they feel bra I don't know. Like yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard to feel like you're being like braggies, <laughs> but you're like, but this is. This is my thing. Yeah. I need to feel noticed. <laughs> I literally need a spotlight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually. But, you know, that's a that's a weird thing to ask people for. Right? So. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Because of... Do I have to be singing to ask for a spotlight? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, that's such a frustrating thing. And I totally, I agree. Yeah. But I think that that frustration is like the... Like being like, my love language is attention. It's it's work. It's compliments. Like yeah. these are ways that people can let me know that I am loved and am I cared yeah. for. And it's those are some of the hardest things to like perpetuate into our society. Like people are good at, at kind of acts of kindness, right? Or people are good at, at gifts. Even people mm -hmm. are good at like, oh, I got you. Uh, you a thing. I got you a coffee. Some, yeah. Yeah. Feel good now. And you're like, oh, I received this coffee you got me. I feel very little. I feel almost nothing. <laughs> Like, tell me that I'm a good person, and that will change my entire day. Yeah, no, yeah. it's true. It's totally yeah. true. Yeah, it's it's hard. It, transitioning from one big thing is to the next is hard. But mm. um, yeah, I just I just honestly I just keep myself busy. Like, I just find the next thing. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, this summer is. I mean, I literally plan months ahead to yep. like keep myself busy um school or no school of rock ended girls rock camp is coming up we're doing two sessions this summer and potentially a third like teen rock camp which when does is, it start uh, um july july yeah. yeah we're doing yeah late late july i think like the second to last week in july cool. i have i have all the dates on my calendar cool. i don't know i'll post it on the on yeah, the thing. yeah. Um, 
so that, I mean, and that, that takes over your whole life for a week. And then my jazz camp is going to come up. I'm doing a two-week camp at, at Bay this year, so that's going to happen. And then I'm in a show at Western uh, Western Summer Theater. We're doing Secret Garden. You're so doing it. You're in a show. I'm in it, yeah. As a performer. As a performer. And then, we, this is, happened crazily, but we close that, we, well, we run that show September 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, and I start student teaching on the 4th. Dude. So. Bookended. Yeah, I, on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't have open time. Okay. Where, in what other places of your life do you feel like this addictive personality <laughs> comes out? Do you, okay, maybe that's, that's super backwards. Do you feel like that can feel addictive in that way? In, in a sense, I guess, it's not so much addictive as I think it is, like, protective. Hmm. Like, I, I could, like, I could work, I could make it work to just take a summer off and not do anything. Sure. I would go, go a little crazy, probably. Sure. But I could figure it out. Like, I could manage. But I know that I would be uncomfortable if I did that, so mm-hmm. I prepare myself, I protect myself by just keeping myself busy. Sure. Yeah, I, I can completely <laughs> interact with this and, like, taking off the podcast, having a co- the album released and then, like, taking time off. Yeah. This is probably been one of the least pleasant like last couple of months of my of like a, a wild life I mean like things are pretty great right yeah. now but still like just the not the uh, like the bad is in like things are bad but just like the the moment when I get home from work and I walk in the door <laughs> and I'm just like so I take out the dog like it's so yeah. it's such a painful thing I think as an artist to do things that make me think the thought am I being normal? You know? Am yeah. I being plain? <laughs> yeah. And and I think that I have, like, this deep-set concept, and maybe this is Hollywood, maybe this is, like, upbringing, I don't know what it is, but to think, like, if you're not, like, if you're doing those things, like, you're you're not good, you know? Yeah, or, you're not or that act- you're not doing enough. Right. That's another thing I think about all the time, like, Mm. Or I'll think, like, there's just so much, and specifically, like, within the political climate right now, just, like, Mm -hmm. where everything is on fire, um, you just, like, there's so much (laughs) that needs to be done, and then I feel guilty when I'm not doing anything, because it's like, well, I I, could have, you know, I could be out working on that, or even if it's not necessarily related to politics, but, like, just as far as, like, putting my art out into the world, or working on, you know, teaching stuff, and... I don't know, there's just a million things that I could be doing. Sure. I can't even necessarily, like, name specific things. Sure. But there's just sort of overwhelming, like, general, like, right. oh, you should be doing something. I you're not doing be, like, anything. I'm being complacent right now. I mean, especially, like, let's point this back at me. Like, as a white male, like, what? You're sitting at your house? Like, <laughs> how easy? How, how easy, easy for you to just be sitting in your house? Why aren't you doing anything? You calling yourself an alley right now? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a great, I, I've mentioned this a bunch on the podcast, but one of our, the guests that we had last season, her name is Marissa Janae Johnson, and she has this, like, subscription box, kind of like, um, like Blue Apron or something yeah. like that, but it's called Safety Pin Box, and oh. it was, like, made in response to people being like, look, I'm putting a safety yeah, pin on, which, I... which is <laughs> super, super trash, yeah. and, and, and the concept is, it's, um, white allyship on black terms. And so oh. it's, it's her and another black female who are creating these subscription boxes. And they're like, yeah, if you want resources that tell you how to be an ally, pay us. Pay us money. That and then you can do it. Awesome. And she's so tight. She's so, so tight. I'm pretty sure that, like, 
any time now, they're going to be on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. That's like, awesome. I'd never know how to say his last name. I want to say Nolan. Noah? Trevor Noah? Noah? Is it Noah? Is I it think Nolan? So. Okay. No, Noah. N-O-A-H, okay. right? Right. All right. Cool. You know one of those <laughs> things like when normal... you're like saying something out loud and you're like, I just read this. I don't I say it. I have never said it. Yeah. Yeah. No. no okay. I think it's well, just Trevor Noah. Yeah. Anyways. Gonna be They're on gonna be show. on that. Yeah. Awesome. At least that's what she's told me. So wow, that's expected... the coolest thing ever. Because yeah, I mean, emotional labor is a thing. It's a huge thing. We don't get credit for it. No, and it's lame. Yeah. No, it's been <laughs> it's been so informative, and I'm a subscriber to it. It's been really, really impactful to be like, oh, that's what I'm doing that is super unhelpful. Yeah. Or that's what I could be doing that would be so much more helpful. Right. And she just started also, um, like. Safety pin kids. Oh, like cool. for like, hey parents, do you have kids? Here's Are you, you white? Talk to them. Like, yeah. let's start early. And it's like, um, obviously, I haven't been reading that. I don't have any kids. Yeah. I have not subscribed to it. <laughs> but from what she's talked about it, it sounds like it's like she's like, I hope that people are engaging this because it's not easy content. Like yeah. we made it accessible. But it's still hard. But you'd be surprised though. Like kids. I mean, and this is why I love working with kids. Is that in their way like they get it like they're just able to sort of grasp onto these really big concepts like at girls mm -hmm. rock camp i mean we're based in feminist ideals and we do mm -hmm. workshops surrounding these ideas of like intersectionality and um erasure and cultural appropriation and all those things mm -hmm. that are super important and like really relevant in music and just in life um and we you know we talk about it with like real life examples as far as like you know black people invented rock and roll but like nobody credits any of like Elvis's songwriters. No. Like no like I mean even myself included. Like I didn't know a lot of this stuff growing up mm -hmm. because nobody really t right. nobody knows nobody but, talks about it. Yeah, sure. Which which history book is we going to say, "Hey, your white heroes, they were actually thieves." Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. But we talk about that stuff and we talk about like how was that allowed to come to be and mm -hmm. like what, you know, what circumstances made this possible. And kids totally get it and it makes them angry yeah. which it should yeah. and that's one of those big things is like i don't think that, uh you know little soapbox i think like, like this is such a good thing for kids to learn how to be angry well yeah because and to channel it into songwriting yeah put it into art <laughs> yeah. put it into action that is like constructive and be like this makes me not want to destroy this anger makes me want to create yeah because what we have is not good enough so i'm gonna make better yes things. and their experiences are so real like my favorite example is i was a, a band coach at girls rock camp a couple summers ago which is the the like camp counselor figure who mm -hmm. sits in on the like band practice time so Basically, like, quick overview of Girls Rock Camp. So on day one, everybody meets. We normally have 20 to 25 kids, um, girls. <laughs> and they meet and form bands of, like, three to five, depending on who wants to play what instrument. Mm -hmm. um, and then once they've formed their band on the first day, they spend a little time getting to know each other and talking about who's going to do what. And then as the week progresses, during that, like, hour and a half band practice time, they just work on writing a song together. And mm -hmm. so they, you know, earlier in the day, they each go off to the, so like all the guitarists will go off into a room with the guitar instructor and all the bassists will go off in another yep. room. So they're learning like the basic. They're doing an intensive. Yeah, yeah. basic chords and basic, mm -hmm. you know, progressions and things like that. And then they come back to band practice, share what they learned in their individual time and then start working on a song. Um, and so I was a band coach who sits in on the band practice time to sort of guide the songwriting process without really mm -hmm. stepping into like, it's their time. They're yep. working, but like. 
when you're working with young kids, sometimes emotions run high, especially with creative ideas totally. and things like that. So you kind of have to be there to mediate and... And adults. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like you run that exact same program. You put adults it's gonna in there. It's going to be very similar. It will be the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I worked with a group, um, they, their band name was The Ceiling, and, uh, their cat, wait, yeah, their, their, their catchphrase was, are you a fan? Because they were The Ceiling, The Ceiling fans. So silly. I love it. I loved it, too. They were the, I love it so I think they were, like, 14 to 16, so they were, like, the older group of campers. Sure. Um, and they wrote a song about catcalling. Mm. That they had very real experiences with. Like, Dude, all of them 100%. had stories of, like, men harassing them on the streets. Of and course. I was just sitting there like, oh my freaking, like, how? Like, you're children. Yeah. Um, but then they well, turned that... in our society, they've been yeah, exactly. already Which, at that age. <sighs> yeah. But oh, um, it was just so cool to, like, like day one, they're like, well, what... Because we're talking... I had, like, a you know, whiteboard. Okay, with song topic ideas. Like, what do we care about? What yep. do we want to write a song about? And... Um, yeah, that was one that was thrown out there. And then once it was thrown out there, like, oh yeah, I remember this one time. And I remember this one time when sure. this happened to me. And I was just kind of sitting there like taking it in. I was like, well, it seems like we've got enough content. Like, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but they turned it into this just like kick ass song called Beat It Creep. Dude. <laughs> I like, I still have the video. I listened to it. Like, it's, it's so good. Like, I, I am their biggest fan. That's so tight. Uh, it is so tight. But, I mean, that's the cool thing that we get to do in talking of, like, mm-hmm. not only saying, like, not only just talking about it, but making it okay to talk about it. Absolutely. Um, and to talk about the bigger issues surrounding, like, okay, so why is catcalling even a thing? Like, not only, like, yeah, we don't like it and we know that it's bad, but, like, why is it bad? Right. And why does it make it, us feel this way? Sure. <clears throat> Which is hard to articulate when no one, when you've never heard anyone else articulate yeah. it. It's kind of a keep walking, just keep moving, yeah. just ignore it. Exactly. Yeah. Which... Instead be like, nope, super mad, gonna respond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the cool stuff that we get to do. It's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, and not all the songs that they write are, are that deep or heavy of or course. even. We can't all be the ceiling. Yeah, we can't, you know. That's the they're, top. They're <laughs> once in a lifetime <laughs> group of women that uh. came together. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just like, girl power, we're the best. Girl power, we're not ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> like, and whatever, yeah, like, rock on, you eight-year-old child. Like, Absolutely. That's totally fine. And, you know, just talking about, like, opening up creative limits and, like, what constitutes music or a song, you know, mm-hmm. like, organized sound, what does that really mean? Absolutely. And showing them really, you know, kind of extreme versions of, like, what songwriting can be and, you know, John mm-hmm. Cage type stuff. Exactly. <laughs> like, yep. like, they don't get it, but they're also, like, like we're not really going to listen to this whole song, <laughs> but this one is silence. This song is just silence. It's just silence. It's just silence. Um, yeah, and just hearing their different, you know, opinions and thoughts about, you know, how, what songwriting can be, or, you know, sometimes there's like a rap break in the middle of like what would be like a country folk song. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's like, anyone's idea is fine. Yeah. Just throw it in there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's one of my favorite things when I was working, I would say one of my favorite times doing music in an environment like that was I was working in that risk youth home and it was like a lockdown facility working with these kids and like you know, most of the time the day is shit. And then Mm -hmm. we do a do like improv, like we would do some improvised music things, but most of the time it would be like lyric analysis or everyone picks songs because, you know, a lot of these, we don't have a lot of resources, like let alone instruments to work with. So it's just like, okay, we can, we got an iTunes, I like we have iTunes, we can Mm -hmm. pull up these songs and we can talk about the songs that we're listening to. And just going through that and being like, 
you're so uncomfortable to talk about these in all of the other therapy settings, but here we are in a moment like this reflecting on one of your favorite songs and you're like, yeah, because it talks about this thing that I really, really care about and yeah. it doesn't talk about it in a, it's quiet and I'm ashamed and it makes me sad. It says like, yeah. this gets me pumped up and I'm not afraid of it. You yeah, know? it's the coolest thing ever. It's yeah, music is just the coolest outlet. I yeah. mean, all of I'm the biased, other arts just—they just suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, screw them, screw them. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's art, not true. art is really important. Lots <laughs> this, of art. This arts. has been a PSA. Yeah. <laughs> also doing theater. Also yeah. good art. Yeah. Um, there's a really good um girls rock group. I, th- I think it's called the Rain, Rain City, City Rock Camp for Girls. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Rain City Rock Camp for Girls is so cool. Yeah. That's like one of those things. I found out about it and was instantly like, ah, fuck, I can't help with that. (laughs) There's nothing I can do. Like, I can guess I can do daily life advocacy, but like, I can't do anything to like be involved in this. Yeah, they're awesome. They're part of the Girls Rock Camp Alliance, which we're also a part of. It's an international. There's a Girls Rock Camp Alliance. You can read more about it at Um, (laughs) bgrc.org. But yeah, it's a a whole uh, like international. There are Girls Rock Camps all over the world. Is there a conference? There is a conference. Oh yeah, I, I didn't get to go. Uh, I have never been. I would love to go. Morgan, who is the like CEO of the Bellingham Girls Rock Camp, um, she goes, well, she's gone at least the last two years. Um, yeah, and they do just like workshops and, you know, people who lead uh, camps in different areas will just put on presentations and talk about what they do that makes, you know, their team work and mm. put on shows and people play music. And yeah, it's really cool. That's so tight. It is so tight. <laughs> oh, I'm so into that. Yeah, but yeah, Rain, Rain City Rock Camp is the is the Seattle one, and I know there's one in Portland too, and I think there's like a queer rock camp in Portland as cool. well, um, which is similar to what we do, but mm-hmm. a little different. Also. Well, actually, I mean, is in what you've experienced over in Bellingham, mm-hmm. have you seen any people who are either gender nonconforming? Yeah, or, we yeah. we have had some people um, who identify as queer or non-binary mm-hmm. or you know trans whatever. Um, yeah, we're really open. I mean. We, it's we've talked actually a lot about like how to sort of rebrand ourselves as like Absolutely. language around gender identity changes because it is changing and sure. it's really important to be aware and respectful of that. Mm-hmm. But it's also really hard to be aware and respectful. It's so of that hard. I mean, especially it's coming changing. to be like, look, I, I'm identified within this group that is like underrepresented, but by identifying as that group and like forming around it, am I also excluding someone else? Yeah. Yeah. And the whole idea is that we, we want to be open to all marginalized identities and we are absolutely. Um, but, but also all of our branding is Bellingham girls rock. And so how do we make it known that like girls, it sort of has an asterisk. There has to be an intersection. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a huge part of like what we, I don't mean preach is an interesting word to use, but it's what, you know, what we... Well, it is church. Yeah. And And you must pray at the beginning of each meeting. I assume as much. That's great. No, it's... uh, (laughs) It is not true. It's probably the closest thing we have to like a prayer moment. It's my favorite moment of the whole day Mm. is at the very end of the day is we do a scream circle. Yes. um, Which is... Tell me that that isn't somebody's prayer. Tell me that isn't like the most... The cool thing religious experience. It really is. I have 100% Because the whole thing is founded in that the, the idea that like girls are not often allowed to to be loud mm. in public spaces or ever. Sure. Um, it's just sort of not socially a thing that we do often. And so we literally just stand in a circle and one person starts and you just scream at the top of your lungs and then the next person screams at the top of their lungs and you just go around until everybody's had a chance to scream and then we all scream together. Mm. That's so great. It's super... It's just the coolest thing ever. It's really empowering. Dude, just and it's, taking up space. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. And not you don't have to do it if you have aversion to loud noises. You can just step sure. your step out or whatever. But 
I'm, I'm always there. It's the yeah. best part of the day. <laughs> also, it's just exhausting. And to just like scream at the end of the day is just like, yeah, my exhaustion is validated. <laughs> That's so great. Have you ever experienced this cathartic release outside of that group? Do you ever do that? Just like... That's the end of my day? No, I should though. You absolutely should. <laughs> my neighbors might be a little worried. Well, but... they are allowed to be worried. <laughs> yeah, true. You can find out would my neighbors come to my rescue if, <laughs> if I were I attacked. I at the top of my lungs. <laughs> this um, is a test. You ooh. passed. This was a I test you did not. I don't know if they would pass. Oh, well. Oh, well. We all have those neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Some of my neighbors are nice. Actually, my neighbors are super tight. Oh. I am like the only male in this building of like four units one unit is like three generations of black females just like that's all that Whoa. lives there and then two other females also live in the building and then heather and i live in the other spot nice yep it's great i'm lucky to yeah. be there yeah i love my i love my apartment building too i lucked up big time in that like i was driving up from california and my friend said I, my friend texted me when she was already living in bellingham and just like hey i know you're looking for a spot like my friend lives in this building and I think they have a place open. You should text this number. It's the landlady. And so I texted her and she's like, yeah, come by tomorrow. And so we were driving up. We drove straight there. I saw it. She was like, yeah, you seem trustworthy. If you want to live here, that's fine. And then I like moved in the next week and I've lived there for four years. Dude, that's so great. You've lived there for four years? Yeah. I have lived nowhere for four years. Yeah, I would never. I mean, I live four blocks from campus and four blocks from work and Mm. I just walk everywhere. It's awesome. And now we're just moving downstairs. Um, cause I just don't want to leave it. No, <laughs> it's no. the best spot. It's like, how is the change feeling? It's weird. Cause it's like very much my spot. And that's why we decided to move not just together into my place because right. it's very much like my apartment right. with I, my nesting totally. and everything is in my, you know, there's not room for anything else. Yep. So we're, it's so same building, just, you know, new, new location. just new. This is equally yours. It's yes. Equally yeah. mine. <laughs> and there's just more space, which is. Yeah. Necessary. It was small, but just yeah. the right size for one person. <laughs> Perfect. That rules. Yeah. And it actually, living there too is actually how I got connected to Morgan, who runs Girls Rock Camp. She just used right. to live upstairs from me. And so we became friends because we lived in the building together. And she was like, I do this really cool thing called Girls Rock Camp. And I was like, oh, I'm a musician. We should, can I get in on that? Yeah. And now we're just like best buds and we do this thing together every summer. Mm, I think that's so cool. I think it's just so cool that you're doing this. Like, it's just, all these different art forms. It's classical, it's theater, yeah. it's rock, it's jazz. <laughs> and like at the same time, you're just, I feel like what's been so great is seeing you engage in this and still very much stay like, I understand who this person is. You know, there's some people who you're like, whoa, big life changes, like yeah. really different people. But I feel like wh- as you have changed that you have retained a lot of continuity to be like, I know myself. Yeah, I would say that's pretty true. And I yeah. think it's in just noting what you said about all the different genres, like my... As I've gone through my experience at Western and the education program, which is great and really social justice oriented, and um, I loved it there, but my my sort of philosophy of education that I've built over that time is just really based in versatility and diversity, and mm-hmm. that like the more you do, the more different kinds of things you do, the more different kinds of people you meet, the different places that you go, the more you have access to, and the more mm-hmm. you just are able to share with people, and the easier it is to sort of learn new things and open yourself up to new things, and so... Why wouldn't we want that in our schools and in our education and like people who, and I think that there are people who are drawn specifically to one thing. Like I I have a friend who is, um, who just graduated from Western and has Mm -hmm. a degree in in vocal performance and she wants to be an opera singer and that's what she wants to do. And she's 
freaking amazing if at it. If you have that path, like, dude, run. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think for me, I, I'm kind of just decent at a lot of things and not, you know, dude. not just really amazing at one thing. So it made more sense for me to just like dabble in a lot of different things mm-hmm. and, and see what I like and try different things and, and learn about them from an authentic sense and then share them. That's yeah. what I want to do. <laughs> and I think that that's such a great thing. I think it's easy to feel ashamed about being kind of like, I am Renaissance. Like I yeah. like doing all of this yeah. stuff. And I think that there's times when I feel myself being like, you know, if you really just focused on one thing, you could be great at that. Yeah. I've thought that many times. But I think it's lifestyle. It's like, no, the point isn't being, my goal is not to be the best guitarist or right. the best singer. My point is to have a beautiful life and to be engaged with people and to be able to respond to these different ideas and concepts in a variety of ways that feel appropriate. Yeah. Well, and as far as teaching too, like if I'm only good at one thing, I'm only going to be able to connect with one kind of student. Absolutely. And that's garbage. That's That's a bad teacher. I don't want to be like that. Um, Especially not with, within the kind of communities that I want to work in. Um, yeah, I just think it's really important. White, rich Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Upper class. Just Upper like, class. I'm thinking like private Christian school, perhaps. Mm, I preach. think I would fit in really preach. well. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. The opposite. <laughs> Not that at all. You know, if you want to send your white, <laughs> affluent child to Garfield, you should. Yeah. You, you can. It's a you, magnet school for, for music, science, yep. and math. Yep. So they, they, I mean, it's a neighborhood school. So like you but put you, them in the drum line is all I'm saying. You know, Oh my God, I went to their winter concert and it was the like combined orchestra band choir sure. concert, the band, there was literally like a, a symbol, like, I don't know what you would call it, but mm-hmm. like a drum line, but it was just like eight black girls with symbols and their choreographer. I literally wanted to just like stand up and like, yeah, dude, there's a large <laughs> possibility were... that that's what it's going to be. I... If there's a heaven. It's just gonna be like eight black girls with symbols. <laughs> but their, choreography, their choreography was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is what you do in your band class? This oh, is amazing. That's so tight. But everybody, it was, you know, and then the audience was all the like white people's parents, or white kids' parents, and they're just like, oh, yes. Mm, quite good. <laughs> Tasteful. Mm, Jeffrey, <laughs> excellent performance on the tuba, Jeffrey. Yeah, but that was what was so cool about it. It was like that happened, and it was because they did the um, Gloria Stefan da 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 da, yeah. da, and so they had the whole you know all so the, cool. the moves and everything. But then this this kid, oh my god, he had a really weird name. I shouldn't say that, but he did. Right, his name was weird, and he's weird because of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. but he came out and did this like double bass concerto that mm. I wept, like I saw, like it mm. was. I didn't know that you could play a bass like that. So like they have everything from from you know that full spectrum of like black girls dancing <laughs> with their symbols to just this crazy kid who clearly like takes lessons and is a prodigy. Mm-hmm. Like I want to work with all of those kids. Absolutely. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Because when both of those people play in like music together, yeah. then it teaches both of them like you're accessible, we are equals. Yes, exactly. We deserve this same stage. Yeah, whether you get to take lessons or not, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Music, like music is, should be accessible and it can be accessible. It's just a matter of how you give kids access to 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. Oh, I love this. This is so great. It is so great. This is so oh. great. Oh, it's so great to reconnect and, and we're going to go grab some dinner or something. Yeah. This will be fun. We'll keep this conversation going. Did you feel like you had any other stuff that you were like, I really wanted to talk about this? Uh, I think we covered it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's good. I love it. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Cool. (laughs)